Okay, perfect. Dennis Lynn, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for having me that, on, man. <laughs> we'll continue on from the not recorded piece of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, where uh, you're a big building public guy. That you've even you've even got it in your bio, don't you, on Twitter? I feel yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like um we're we're like it's really cool to see someone use a tool like bubble and build in public or webflow and build in public but like we seem to we are at v1 like building the tool in public Mm -hmm. you know like i mean it's like it's really stressful and hard though you know like you think because you have customer expectations at some point right yeah um yeah and you're just trying to like tamper those or like get more customer service people to like help out and like I don't know. It's totally. a, it's a weird, weird, weird challenge, you know, to yeah. like address in public, but anywho, uh, why don't you get every, everyone the, on the not boring nation, no code CEO list here, a little rundown on who Dennis Lynn is. For sure. Um, so I think compared to most of your guests, I'm probably a fairly more on like the amateur no code side. So like, I just love amateurs, like- love amateurs. <laughs> Yeah. So I got started like maybe three, four months ago. Um, I come from more of a mechanical engineering background. So uh, I worked at Apple for four years, uh, like making iPhones, basically. Then I moved, then I moved to Paris. um, And so I've been here for two years and and just got into no code kind of at the end of last year. Um, And mostly because it was through the Indie Hackers channel. So like first I kind of got introduced to Indie Hackers. I was on there. I was like, oh shit, like everyone's on Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> kind of joined Twitter, found this, like, found the no code indie hacker circle on Twitter. And I was like, damn, this is like the place to be, right? Because, because like these people are super engaged on Twitter. They're on there like every day, they're sharing all sorts of stuff. And so that's kind of how I got involved. Um, and then I was lucky because at the beginning of this year, I essentially went to my company and I was like, hey, I think no code could really help us. So I work at an innovation consultancy right now. Okay. I was like, okay, no code could probably help us like in our projects, but also internal tools. And oh, by the way, like it's something that I personally want to develop, like my sure. skills in. Yeah. And so that's, and, and so that's, uh, luckily they said yes. And so in the last three months, I've been like going pretty much all out on the no code thing. I've, bu- I've built a few things in Bubble um, and Coda. And uh, Coda, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, and- what's your bubbles? Obviously the, I like, okay. So um, I'm going to, I'll, I'll give you access to like a, uh, like a tool, like a tool for build in public we're releasing. Okay, um, cool. And it's invite invite only right now because yeah. it's, I, because again, what I'm telling you about like building what we're building in public, it's fucking difficult. So it's like mm-hmm. a timeline view of you building in public. Um. Sure. And I would love, I'd love to give you access um, for sure because you're so big on this and I, you know, weird, I'm learning French. Oh, nice. <laughs> are you, cool. are you, te- you obviously are learning French, right? Now that you've lived there too. Are you, tr- are you fluent? Yeah, I'm pretty much fluent at this point. I started at zero, um, kind of just like struggled through it, like, my company operates in French. So like for the first few months, I was pretty much just useless. Oh, uh, wow. But, but, but now, but now I operate like almost entirely in French every day. So 
damn it. See, that's what that's the, I even hired a marketing person in, in she's okay. in the South of France. And I was yeah. like, cool, I get to work on my French, you know? So like, yeah. I don't, you- I don't know much right now, but uh, yeah. I just what's, picked what, up an what, app what, to learn. Nice. What's your, uh, why did you decide to, to learn French? I took a French class in high school. Um, okay. And I've always felt bad that I didn't want to uh, like take on more of it. Right. Like, or it was like my freshman year of high school. For and sure. then I never like took it on as a hobby. And then I did a weirdly, this is, these are weird connections, right? Like in sixth grade, I did a, uh, you had to do a project on one of the provinces in Canada and I picked (laughs) Quebec, which is French Canada, you know? So, and I just go, oh man, you know, and then just recently I was like, I got to get a fucking hobby. You know what I mean? Like I got to teach myself something. I got to do something, you know? And Mm. I really want to go to Paris like uh before we have kids i want to go to like the only place i've really been outside of the country has been italy um and i didn't know the language but i was like i want to go to a foreign country and speak the language for a time right for a vacation at least yeah so um i was like okay all these things combined i'm just gonna learn french so that's why i started learning french in the last couple weeks on and off cool I mean, when you come to Paris, uh, we'll, we'll grab a coffee, hopefully, when everything's Fuck open. Fuck yes, Dennis. This is why I do this, my friend. And, and, this and is... we'll test your French. We'll th- it'll, be the, <laughs> it'll, it'll be the end of course test for you, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. We'll, we'll have to do some, hang, some hangouts and teach me like certain things that I need to know. You know? Totally. So like, yeah. my, one of my goals is, my, my wife listens to this uh, sometimes, um, and... I want to like impress my wife when we go there, you know, cause she's like, she's already impressed that I know some words, yeah. you know? Okay. So like, yeah. um, and I, maybe you can, you can help me prepare, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, why, why Paris for you? Um, well, we wanted to get out of the Bay area and we wanted to, so, so we were kind of sick of the Bay area bubble. So we had been there for 10 years cause we, we okay. also went to university there, me and my wife. Um, and then when looking at other places, Paris was kind of like the one place that we thought of because, um, it still had a pretty good tech scene, but mainly we wouldn't be starting from scratch. So I had, Uh, I kind of, I kind of had like three or four friends who I'd, I'd done a, done a project on uh, a university project with, uh, before. And so we wouldn't be starting from scratch in that, in that area. And also it would just be like easier to, to find jobs and to move. Um, ah, okay. Cause, cause at the time, at the time I was still kind of in this mindset where it was like, okay, I need to have a job to like move somewhere. You know, I think, I think yeah, now, sure. I think now I'm a lot less, I'm like a lot more, you know, because I've been in this like indie hacker, like solopreneur circle. It's more like, actually I could probably live anywhere and just like f- figure stuff yep. out, you know? Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of like, uh like uh companies that are based in paris and like i'm thinking crisp yeah crisp is there like the 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 intercom kind of ripoff thing um we use that so like because it's really cheap Mm -hmm. uh and what other companies are there um there's there's like a bunch of like SaaS companies out of like e-founders i don't know if you've heard of the founders they're like no i don't they're like a big startup studio 
I guess. Um, oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I think there, there's another, uh, there's a place called Station F, which is essentially like a, um, oh yeah, it's, I know it's that. another startup. Yeah. It's another startup hub. That's like pretty huge. Um, okay. So how about this? How about, how was building iPhones? Cause you mentioned iPhones. So I want to go back to that for a second. Now yeah. that's not no code. You were, no. <laughs> what were, what were you doing with the iPhones actually? Like, what was your job at Apple? Um, so I was in the iPhone product design group, which is pretty much what we call uh, mechanical engineers, I guess. Okay. Um, there's a, so this group I would say is the systems group. So if you imagine the iPhone, there's a bunch of modules. Uh, I'll explain it kind of like sim simply. There's a bunch of modules. So there's like a camera module, there's like battery, et cetera. And each of these modules has a team of experts, like PhDs. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so if you imagine, if you let the battery team design the iPhone, like they would just make the whole thing a battery and like, same thing goes sure. for camera, same thing goes for, uh, same thing goes for speaker. And so our team is a is essentially the owner of the system. So our, oh. our so our role is to ensure that the, the final thing that's produced, it's like the best compromise between all these things. Um, and so uh, we own the uh, the CAD, I guess. Like the we, we pretty much own like what goes in there. And each of sure. us on the on the design team, the uh, product design team, generally like manages uh, a module uh, team of experts. And so like when they say, "Oh, we want the speaker to be bigger," we like we look at the system. The 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 battery guy talks to the speaker guy, the and they kind of like work it out and figure out like, okay, what's the best compromise there. Um, so, so do you ever go, yeah. uh, we want a bigger speaker and you go, no, can't have it. Oh you yeah. Know, like that, Oh yeah. That, that happens all the time. And then, and then above everyone, I would say is the industrial design team. And at Apple, okay. it, I think it's a little bit different from other hardware companies where the industrial design team, the, the, the designers, they pretty much are the Kings of the, of the kingdom. Mm. And okay. so, and so. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like they're the, they, they tell us like what they want the phone to be like, and then we try to make it happen, essentially. Ah, oh, that seems, that seems cool. So like, yeah. uh, how, where did you go in the Bay That's to school? Because you said you've been in the, uh, the Bay. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I was at Stanford for undergrad and master's. Got you. So what did you get your master's in? Um, mechanical engineering as well. Yeah. Oh, Wow. So like, yeah. it's so, always so I, like, I like come from a completely not software yeah. and that's, no, like, I that's that, what I mean. That's it's kind hardware. Of like, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and that's kind of like the thing that was cool about no code, right? It's like, like before I was a user of software and I was like, okay, like it, it's cool. Like I like using apps. I like using websites, but I know I never really thought of like those as something I could make myself, you know? Right. Yeah. It was like, okay, someone else will, someone else will make it and, and I'm happy to use it. And so it was like fucking cool when... I discovered no code and I was like, oh shit, it's actually like not, you know, that hard. It's like doable to learn how to like make yeah. this stuff now. Yeah, that, I guess, I think that is cool. Right. So like, how did you, how did you transition? I mean, it's only been three or four months, but going from the hardware mechanical piece to building software, what kind of projects are you building right now? I saw on your Twitter, you had like uh, two or th two, two bubble projects or something out there. 
go into yeah, totally. like why you started the first one and what was it? Yeah, for sure. So, so my first no code project ever was something I built uh, just for myself over winter break. Um, so over winter break, me and my wife kind of like sat down and we're like, okay, let's, let's do some like life planning. Right. Um, yep. and so as you, do. <laughs> as, as you do over winter yeah. break, you know, yep. when you're like stuck, <laughs> stuck at home because there's COVID. So, right. um, so yeah, as part of that, I like made this tool. I was like, okay, let me just like whip up this tool. That'll be cool. You know, that'll, that'll take into account how many kids we want to have, like what kind of lifestyle we want to have later, like what are, what our costs are, et cetera. And so I spent like about half of our break, like, like five days building this Kodo tool. And, um, and I, and I shared it and it was cool because actually like I could, I could track the analytics and like, there were actually some people using it, you know? Um, mm, yeah. And that was pretty cool because I had, I had made it for myself initially. And so it was cool that other people, you know, were like finding it useful. were like using it. Um, do you think, then, what, what do you think that is? Well, sorry, keep going. No, no, go ahead. So like, what do you think? Like it's, it is, it is really cool. Um, Cause I remember seeing on your Twitter, like a, like a game or something you had built maybe. Oh yeah. That, that like, was the latest thing that I built. Okay. Yeah. Bubble. Right. So like, <laughs> yeah, me and my it's, wife. it's so funny because there's a trend, right? Like I'm noticing a lot of trends cause I'm building a no code company. Mm-hmm. Like, what people will pay for, what people won't pay for, what people do they want to have a lot of free shit in no yeah. code, right? So like, mm-hmm. do you want to build, how do you motivate these people? And it's like, yeah. it's one thing to build something, to build one thing with like a, pro- that's like cool as you're learning. And then you have 20 users or even 200 yeah. users. And you're like, if you don't, if you don't focus on how to monetize you eventually will give up is my theory. Exactly. Right. Like if you, and, yeah. if you know what I mean? Like, do you understand, totally. do you get that? Oh yeah. I, I completely get what you're saying. And like, that's why, that's why I think very quickly I'm going to try shifting and like focusing a lot more on like building stuff that's actually monetizable. You know, I, I think yeah. up to the, yeah. up to this point, I've been super focused on like, okay, I know no code, like this is, this is like the, this is like the secret sauce, right? Like being good at no code. And so I've been working on developing my expertise and like kind of developing my credibility as a maker, like building all sorts of shit. And I think the next key step is exactly what you're saying, right? It is like building something that people will actually like pay for because it, uh, because it addresses like some critical like need for them, you know? Yeah. And it's, Um, it's not about get. Because if you, I'm just thinking about it like uh, the, the, there's two paths really to take as you're building something as a, let's call it a side hustle. And mm-hmm. those two paths are, you, you need money to stay in business, right? At, at least a couple hundred bucks, or mm-hmm. at, least, at least like 50 to 100 bucks, like, cause a personal bubble plan is 40 a month. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. um, and that's just personal. So if you, if you get uh, down that road where you're like, cool, I've put a lot of time and effort into this and only 200 people are using it or 2000 mm-hmm. even that's not enough to get funding, not really enough to get major funding from like an investor. So you have For to, sure. st- you have to, bo- you have to bootstrap. Yeah. Right. So you got to figure out some way to monetize those 200 or those 2000 users. Yeah. And it's like, you got to have some kind of plan 
or you got to be a terrific in sales to sell an investor on why you think, right? Like this X, yeah. uh, th- this, this path will work. Um, yeah. And it, it comes to me where it's like, at some point you need to make just 200 bucks would be worth it if you were only spending 50 or 100. If you were just making something that you bill and you go, it pays for my, all my uh, uh, cord cutting subscriptions. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it just sits yeah. there. And it's like, let me build this next one that will get me 300 a month. And it's, mm-hmm. what is your path of thought there, right? Like when you start to build something, do you always think that way? Or it's like, you're just getting your feet wet right now. I, I think right now I'm still in the getting my feet wet stage. Um, okay. Because like, honestly, like I've built, you know, four or five things. Uh, like they're not, I haven't tried to like monetize them really. Um, okay. But uh yeah, that, that's, that's going to be the next step for me for sure. And yeah, I think I'm going to make, I, I think I'm going to try to make that transition soon, you know, because I, I feel like in terms of building, like I'm, I'm getting like pretty decent. Um, and like, I pretty much know how to like build stuff or like what I need to do to do it. And so I think the, yeah, the shit you built, dude, be, yeah. the shit you built is pretty good. Oh, like sure. is actually like uh, very well designed. You know what I mean? Oh, thank, it's, thank you. Yeah. It's almost like you have a master's degree in engineering or something. <laughs> yeah, almost. Almost, <laughs> almost. Uh, and yeah. I, I think it's funny to see that, like, you definitely have hella talent, right? Like, oh, thanks, and that's why I was so I pumped to get you on here. And I think if shit, if, dude, if you've been only building, if you've been only in no code stuff for three, four months, right? Like, yeah. The stuff you're going to be able to build in three or four months from now is going to be insane. Um, oh, yeah. Thank, so, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. For, uh, with that in mind, um, I want to get two things on here before you leave. And that is totally. the trend you see, and let's call it the next three, four months or the next three, four years in no code. Um, one of the things I see is like what you brought up earlier, which was it's kind of the same people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in no code talking about no code right now. Right. So like, um, and, and that's weird because like, we're trying like just the focus of what we're doing is trying to get new people in and lower the barriers to entry because a tool like bubble dude, even like I've only started to use it recently and I was like really overwhelmed. Very, for sure. Very overwhelmed. (laughs) It is not usable really. Like it's not like usable at all. And, and that's, yeah something interesting, you know, after I've been posting all this stuff on Twitter, you know, like there's people coming out of the woodwork, like messaging me saying like, oh, like, how'd you do this? Like, I'm just getting started. How do I start? And I'm like, yeah, if you're like starting in no code, <laughs> bubbles, probably not the best, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you've got to start, I mean, you've got to start with something like, uh, like glide or like, or like your thing, you know? Yep. Which yeah. Is, I agree. Which is, so but, but I think it's tempting, you know, I, th- I think it's tempting for people to look at projects, like look at what I've done or like look at what other, other people have done in Bubble and be yeah. like, oh, like, cool, like anyone can do it. And, and then yeah. you open up the editor and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, no joke. When I went and listen, you if you're like me or you where you have the edge, like, dude, I've been building no code companies for the last five years, just not with, but like old school tools, man, like WordPress. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. 84 plugins on my first six figure no code <laughs> oh, company. Shit. So like I was 
hacking, man, hacking, yeah. hacking, hacking, trying to get as much money as I could. And, um, uh, and I didn't even know about bubble. Like it wasn't a really big thing up until maybe a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So like, um, and when I went in there literally just in the last couple of weeks was the first time I went through the onboarding. Yeah. There was so much in their onboarding. Yeah. I, I started no joke to get like, I run a venture back tech company right now. And I started to like feel anxiety. Yeah. Like, I I don't have, I don't have time for this. You know what I mean? Like that's the first thing that went in my head. Now, once you sit there and you get over that hump, like, but that's a, that's a large hump to climb. You start to realize the fucking power of bubble. Mm -hmm. Completely. So like we've been working with Bubble on a connection to publish right from ours to theirs. Oh, sick. That's awesome. So um, like if you, get, if you get started with ours, you can publish to Bubble when you're ready for that kind of complexity. Okay. Um, and yeah, like that's what, what's a trend that you see going, screw my antics, but like what, what's a trend that you see in no code and where you see it going? Hmm. Um. I think there's going to be a lot more acquisitions. <laughs> oh yeah. Did you see like Zapier just acquired MakerPad? Yeah. Yeah. I just saw that. I mean, I think this year there've already been like three or four like big ones. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that'll continue. And then I, I would like to see a lot more um, tools like yours, you know, that are like really powerful, but also easy to use. Um, sure. I think, most of those tools right now are like in the landing page space. I think that that yep. space, there's like just so many tools already. Um, and, and they all do similar <laughs> stuff. Dennis, I would like to- Dennis, dude, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm, I'm so sorry. You're so amazing. Um, but like, it just made me think because I literally, I died inside when you said that. Cause I was like, if people only knew the complexity of building a builder <laughs> that, that pushed a, that pushes native mobile, yeah. right? Like that pushes both the web app and a native mobile. If we were just building another fucking landing page tool, yeah. dude, we would rock it with our UI yeah. and UX. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, sometimes, dude, I've thought, and I'll, I'll have to get your opinion off, off air, but like, I've thought, man, sometimes it's just like, God damn it, wouldn't that be so easy? to do mm-hmm. that and like how did they, how did softer just do like why are they <laughs> yeah. and it's like yeah because they're not building it three fucking times for like native code web app code builder code, mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and you're like damn but anyway sorry that was my my own anxiety no no it's cool it's cool I, I actually have a question for you i'm, I'm curious yeah. uh because v1 is like an investor backed like it's a it's a vc backed thing right yep yep and, and, and were your other two, like, um, your other two were bootstrapped? Yeah. Then my other two were bootstrapped. Um, okay, nice. What, what's been like were, the biggest, uh, yeah. What's, what's been like the biggest differences or like, why, why'd you go the, the VC route this time? Uh, because of that anxiety. Okay. So like we, you can't, I don't believe you can bootstrap something this size. Mm-hmm. I just, you, you can build something in bubble or V1 or um, glide, right? That like you can prove concept, you can do these types of things. And then yeah. you can maybe go get funding and, 
And then you're going to have to build outside of it. You will have to build outside. Right. So right. like, um, like eventually like mm-hmm. bubble might be the best solution out of any of them, but like we've had customers come from every, which every platform and be somewhat happy, right. That like our web apps were snappier or whatever it would be. Um, mm-hmm. and we, I started to like fucking panic when we first released this stuff. And yeah. it's like, we need more firepower and I can't get it by just bootstrapping and making 60% margin. Right. Because like yeah. part of my goal was to make it affordable for millions of people. For sure. Right. Not, not charge hundreds of month, but like under a hundred a month, like our entry level plan is $8 a month. Yeah. Like you will not be able to survive if you're charging $8 a month and your goal is to get a million people on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that was always the goal. And the sales cycle is so long to get a person on a, on an untrusted platform for a thousand a month or 5,000 a month. So it's like just those things combined, knowing that no code was hot. Uh, we took an opportunity and an advantage and got in Jason Calcanis's launch accelerator and raised, mm-hmm. you know, some money yeah. after that. So like, that was kind of the decision that like, uh, yeah, it's not, Oh, and dude, I'm a non-technical solo founder. Yeah. That's, so that's, I don't, that's super, uh, super cool. Cause like, I mean, the, the, the thing's fucking technical, man. <laughs> right, man. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like, I, I know how to hack and I know how to 84 plug in my way to something. Yeah. And it's like, I know how to manage foreign engineers cause I've done it for the last six years on and off. And you're like, these are the cheap hacks, the hacky way to do things. And at some point those are good for, dude, those are good for two, three, four, 500 grand, maybe a million ARR. But if you're going mm-hmm. beyond that, um, you're going to run into some technical challenges if you don't have some real engineering heat, you know? Yeah. So um, yeah, for sure. I also design it all myself. So like That's awesome. all the initial stuff, UI, UX, like teaching myself crap for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point when you have I think we have over 1,200 or 1,300 paying customers now yeah. where it's like, and we don't have a freemium model. There's like, yeah. there's so many things going on that you're trying to learn from, but uh, yeah, it, it, we just needed more cash. You for know? sure. So for sure. For that, sure. Was, that was the re- great question though. I never get questions asked on my own podcast. That's great. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. And, but I don't think they're, they're that, that good. It's yeah. almost like you have a master's in uh, mechanical <laughs> engineering or something. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, it, it taught me to ask questions, I guess. I was going to say, um, I was going to say one of the best answers I've ever gotten from anyone about having master's degrees that like aren't science related because um, they're very relevant in, in that, those fields like science, medical, um, and, or if you want to get a doctorate or whatever. So like uh, is it teaches you how to think and ask questions, totally. right? Like that was one, like there was like, why did you go to law? Uh, why did you go to get your MBA? And it was like, uh, this, you know, Harvard taught me how to think, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, say that what you will, but I, I, I found that as like a kind of a positive. Yeah. So lastly, sure. Dennis, um, yeah. get, what is a pro tip for all those no code CEOs out there? I know you're starting, 
but it's even better because these, these ideas should be fresh in your head. Uh, when you got started, what helped not, let's say, let's pretend you don't have the master's degree um, and you don't even have an undergrad. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, would, what would be your pro tip for getting started and being somewhat successful like you have in no code? Ooh, I, I, I would say it's probably understanding the value of community and like building an audience. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not mm. there, like I, I'm not like totally there. Right. But, but you, you've, you've seen me on Twitter. Like you, you can yep. tell that I've been like trying to, to work on it to like build in public. Yeah. And that's because I've seen like how much value it can give to people, you know? Um, yeah. And I think the engagement that you build on Twitter, I mean, I mean, that's how you, you found me. That's how you like reached out to me as well. Yep is something that like I didn't realize before like you know the end of last year um and I oh, wish yeah. I, I wish I had been on there like years ago you know I wish I had been like on yeah. there like being active like uh, you know building up the the community and the relationships on there like years ago because because that would have given me like a a big edge I think and, and right now I feel like I'm kind of catching up you know I'm like trying to do my best like trying to learn mm-hmm. everything but, yeah uh, I think that's, yeah. that's probably my, that would be my tip, you know? Okay. You've inspired me. So like, I mean, dude, I wasn't in no code Twitter up until maybe mid last year. Like mm-hmm. I, mid last year, I had maybe 60 followers. Now I have like almost 600 or something. I, for, yeah. I forget. Right. And it's like, yeah. once you get to a thousand, which you're almost there. So almost. it's like, <laughs> you'll just, you'll, you'll, it'll constantly just feed on itself. You know? Exactly. So, like, yeah. um, great pro tip, uh, uh, Dennis. Hello. I don't hear you anymore. Oh, oh there we go. God damn it! I now have, you're back. <laughs> I, I muted myself on accident. Okay. No there we go. What is your Twitter handle? Because I love it. Um, it's you, at that dude. It. Yeah, it's at that dude, Dennis. I love that. I'm, I'm almost, yeah. I almost want to change mine to that dude, Jeremy. Well, like, uh, it, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't have the same ring to it, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll have to have no you worries. come back on for sure. Yeah, it was a pleasure.